This morning, both of our lessons from the Christian scriptures speak of faith. Our epistle lesson tells of Timothy's heritage of faith, nurtured by his mother and grandmother, and empowered by divine gifts of love and self-discipline. Speaking of love and (laughs) self-discipline. In our gospel lesson, the disciples asked Jesus for more faith, only to be told that faith cannot be quantified. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Remember those little mustard seeds from the 50s? Yeah. Faith the size of a mustard seed does great things because faith is an openness to God's power, a trust in God's faithfulness. You know, often when we speak of someone having great faith, we mean that that person has certain knowledge. Such people seem to have a special relationship with God and feel empowered to tell us how God feels about things. That God is pleased with one group of people, or more often, that God is unhappy with a group of people um, and, or angry at them. So uh, for me, great faith is not about having a bunch of knowledge, but trust, wholehearted trust in God and God's love and care for us and for everyone. God loves everybody, no exceptions. Now, of course, how soon we forget, because I forgot that we were going to be sitting here instead of up in the church. So I want to talk this morning about Psalm 37, um, which is appointed for the alternate lessons in the Revised Common Lectionary. And I'm going to read just the first ten verses of it. Do not fret yourself because of evildoers. Do not be jealous of those who do wrong. For they shall soon wither like the grass and like the green grass fade away. Put your trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on its riches. Take delight in the Lord and he shall give you your heart's desire. Commit your way to the Lord and put your trust in him and he will bring it to pass. He will make your righteousness as clear as the light and your just dealing as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret yourself over the one who prospers, the one who succeeds in evil schemes. Refrain from anger. Leave rage alone. Do not fret yourself. It leads only to evil. For evildoers shall be cut off but those who wait upon the Lord shall possess the land. Psalm 37 is a psalm about fear and rage and doubt, and it would seem most appropriate for our own day, for we live in the midst of a world where political, economic, and religious systems seem to be falling apart, and it's hard to know where, if anywhere, we should put our trust. Psalm 37 is also a wisdom psalm, that addresses those trying to remain faithful to God despite temptations to the contrary. The Psalms have always been a hymnal for Jewish and Christian peoples. They are a remarkable collection of songs of praise, lament, petition, wisdom, intercession, and thanksgiving, a wide range of human feelings. Christian monastic communities pray the psalms regularly, 
Some enclosed communities recite or sing the Psalter every week. Many communities take a month to work through it, and our prayer book lectionary for the daily office has a six-week cycle, though the prayer book does retain the monthly pattern, because if you look at the Psalms, you see um, where it says first day morning prayer through 30th day evening prayer, dividing the, the Psalms into manageable chunks. Commentator Gary Charles reminds us that the Psalms, and especially Psalm 37, can speak to us as we struggle to hold on to our faith amid a culture that worships prosperity, a morality that settles for sheer expediency, and a rampant cynicism that refuses to trust in anything, most especially God. In our culture, we are constantly bombarded by many messages, but especially a message that tells us, buy me, buy me and you will be strong and tough with that pickup truck. Buy me and you will prove how smart you are. Buy me and you will be beautiful and buff. Buy me, buy me, you know you need me, buy me. I once asked my mother, who was a young woman during the Great Depression of the 1930s, about her life during that time. She told me she thought life was simpler then. She knew she was poor, but no one really had any money, and no one had a new car. Hardly anybody had a used car, but they were grateful for what they did have, a place to live, food to eat, and enough to share. Journalist Shira Boss has written a book, Green with Envy, Why Keeping Up with the Joneses is Keeping Us in Debt. She says that a silent struggle with our money is raging across America. Everyone wants to keep up with the Joneses, regardless of income, occupation, or net worth. Our contentment is based not on the size of our bank account, but on how we measure up to those around us. Her book offers a great combination, a tantalizing mix of hard facts and juicy gossip, while exposing a shocking gap between public image and what's really going on behind closed doors. She contends that the grass is not nearly as green on the other side of the fence as we suppose and that what appears on the surface to be lives of comfort and ease are in reality often full of pretense, anxiety, and thinly veiled despair. She believes that the green with envy phrase turns out to be an image not so much of wealth, but of illness. And her point is that our envy is both misplaced because it's directed towards a mirage and dangerous because it seduces us into life patterns that are destructive. Just this morning, I saw a a news thing about people trying to get out of debt. Did you notice that the phrase, do not fret, occurred three times in the psalm? The psalmist is not referring to the garden variety of fretting, as like a parent would fret, over a child's messy room. I wasn't sure my son John would ever find someone to marry him because his room was always such a disaster. But he did, and she's whipped him into shape. So, <laughs> Rather, he, the psalmist refers to 
anger or jealousy so strong that it devours one's heart and soul. We know that if we really think about it, that our minds and hearts can be captured and dominated by the prosperity and success of others. If we can spend quite a bit of time and energy thinking about the Joneses in this regard, how much more are our minds captured by those who lie, cheat, and steal, and yet seem to continue to prosper? How can we not fret about it and maybe even envy it? Commentator Cameron Murchison reminds us that fretting and envy are not healthy. He says, with one's consciousness held captive to the image of the prosperity of the wicked, there's no imaginative space left for open for our minds and hearts to be captivated by the promise of God's future. In the psalm, interwoven with the prosperity of the wicked, are counterpoint themes of endurance, security, vindication, and the inheritance of the righteous. The unjust will fade away like the grass withers in the future and providence of God. Unrighteousness and evil have no future. And in contrast, the just are encouraged to put their trust in God's future to wait upon the Lord. Now, in our age of anxiety, we think that we know a little something about waiting. Sometimes we wait for a better economy or a winning lottery ticket, though you actually have to buy the lottery ticket in order to win. <laughs> I, I, there's a, I, I, miss, I keep missing that point. Sometimes we wait for an acceptance letter or a better job. When the psalmist speaks of waiting, it's not the passive waiting of the crossing guard to tell us when to walk and when to stay on the curb. Those who wait upon the Lord live confidently in the present and are active in the world, witnessing to God's ways. That kind of waiting is a spiritual discipline that helps focus our hearts and minds on the kind of life and security that God intends, not just for us, but for all who trust and delight in the good ways of God. We have to resolve day by day and sometimes even minute by minute to make an active and continuing decision to live in God's presence and walk in God's ways. And it's not, it, we have to remember it's not always easy to be focused on the good and true while the wicked succeed and the unjust prosper, but we have to take the long view to keep our priorities clear and to live in hope. The song of the psalmist flowed through the centuries with the prophets taking up the refrain, in the gospel witness, we hear echoes of the psalmist's plea to trust in God. In Matthew, Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. In Luke, he says, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And in John, we hear, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. So this week, try to live in contentment, hold on to hope, and do not fret. Amen. Amen.